When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. up everybody ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the coffee break coffee break up me myself christian viera and marvin schultz so today we have a very special episode very special guest very special always adapting and always learning we got to give the people what they want and and outside of the whole podcast spectrum it's 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 good to educate you know people got to learn so we got to make sure we get the right people it's not just about experiences it's about actual knowledge science and 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 that education behind it for us to get the right information out there but before we begin, Great. please remember to like this video. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell, uh, whatever it is. Ring that bell, whatever. Smash that like Smash button. Smash that like button. Um, if you are uh, listening to us on any audio platform, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, or Amazon, uh, like, subscribe. We suggest you watch us. That way you can see our guests, see you know who it is that we're talking to, see our facial expressions, and just kind of get the full experience of being there with us. Um, we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, Instagram is where you're going to get the best content. You're going to see pretty much highlights of what we talk about. That's where we get the whole story put together. So that being said, Marvin, would you like to introduce this very, very special guest? Absolutely. Dr. Samuel Hasty. Yes. Did we pronounce that right? Yeah. That you absolutely did. You I nailed did. that. I did. All right, awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, doctor, it's a pleasure to have you on. Pleasure is mine. So uh, just to give the audience kind of a bit of background, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are? You we know? want to learn who you are. Yeah. Ah, you're very kind. You're very kind. <laughs> Originally from Nassau, Bahamas, uh, beautiful Bahamas. So <laughs> shout out to the peoples of the Bahamas and to the peoples of the Caribbean in general. Yes. Uh, so a uh, very, very special place, very, very special people. Moved to the United States some 30 years ago. So left the Bahamas in pursuit of higher education to train as a psychologist and initially went to Temple University in Philadelphia, moved on to West Virginia where I completed what we refer to as the terminal degree, the doctorate degree <laughs> um, in psychology, and then moved to uh, South Florida. I live in Coconut Creek, Florida. Okay. So, oh, so it's up north, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Even though I teach at Miami-Dade College. Right. So it's a long haul every day. It's a but, but it's a joy. Right. It's an right. absolute joy. Love what I do as a professor at Miami Dade College. Love what I do as a psychologist. I knew years ago that it's what I actually wanted to do. And more recently, particularly in the past fifteen years, uh, my expertise has really become uh, relationships, relationships, and uh, what I have learned even before fifteen years of really getting into the field. What I've learned, particularly about relationships, is that we all want them. Very few of us really know how to create, nurture, and grow healthy relationships. And so, Chris, as you said, uh, even uh, just a few minutes ago, it's about education. 
It's about education. And one of the ways I like to explain it or illustrate it is by saying, you know, for all of us, really, we willingly give ourselves over to 12 years of education, grade one to grade 12, uh, to prepare for a career. And many of us will go on for an additional two, four, six, eight years, particularly if you're going to become physician, a psychologist. Terminal a, degree. A, terminal degree, mm -hmm. absolutely, right? You, you're going to become an attorney. You end up spending up to 20 years in formal education for a career that you want to last about 20, 30, at best, 40 years. Right. But then when it comes to relationships, we spend absolutely no time in formal education, yet we want that to last a lifetime. I think that's, that, that's a big, big picture right there because like no one really teaches you how to be in a relationship. No one teaches you how to date. But uh, I don't think anyone thinks that they need to be taught either. That is correct. Right. You think you're just supposed to know. That is correct. Or you learn as you go. That is correct. And so uh, we, we, we subscribe to this trial and error um, method that really we inherit, for the most part, immediately from our parents. Um, and the truth of the matter is our parents do what they got from their parents and it's no wonder that just in America alone, 50% of all first-time marriages end in divorce. But then, many of those individuals who divorce will go in and marry for a second time. And then, and then and it that increases. Rate, yeah, it, that it absolutely increases because 65% yeah. of all second-time marriages end in divorce. But wait, there's more. Because many of those individuals who divorce for a second time will marry for a third time. <laughs> Does it go up again? Yeah, does, doesn't it? it? Doesn't, At no, a rate does. of seventy-five percent. Yeah, oh. yeah, the percentages yes. go up. I read that also. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. And so the 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 question becomes because we think that the more we do it, we become better at it. Now, here's what's true. So you're familiar with the old adage: "Practice makes perfect." Yes, right, right. and it's true. But here's what we need to add to that: practice does make perfect. And just as good practice makes good perfect, bad practice makes something perfectly bad. And so what happens is that the more we continue to practice the wrong methods of creating, nurturing, growing relationships, we get progressively worse at yeah, we them. Perfect we do. The bad. The we, yeah, yeah, the bad. we perfect the bad. Yeah. And, 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 and then, unfortunately, what happens, individuals erroneously, in their era, in, in their era, they conclude, you know, I want to be in a relationship, but relationships are just tiring, they're bothersome, they're cumbersome, they really don't work, and so let me just play the game. Right. Let me play the game. Yeah, so, so we actually recorded a couple of episodes, you know, before you came here, and one of them was, uh, it's uh, like 10 reasons why dating as a millennial is, sucks, is literally what it's called. One of them, it's like, it's uh, people are just so jaded because they think, oh, it's like, I, I keep on getting hurt. Like, I just Correct. don't want to get back into it. Like, Correct. I don't want to start over. He even said it, he goes, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to know what your favorite color is anymore. Like, I don't want to find that out. Like, yeah. I'm just so sick and tired of that already. Yeah, because none of that really matters. None of that really matters, particularly in the long run. Right. So even when I take on clients, private clients for relationship coaching, which I invite them to come into relationship coaching shortly after having met someone, the thing that I say to them and educate them about is that all of the stuff that we tend to focus on and culture and uh, facial attraction, et cetera, et cetera, in the long run, none of that really so it's matters. It's more superficial. Yeah. It is very superficial. Very, very superficial. And so one of the secrets, and I say this to my students, I say it to my clients, the secret, if there is a secret, no, by the way, there is one, at least one, the secret to really selecting a good person is to really select them on the basis of their character, period, okay. period, yeah. right? It's that person patient and kind, gentle, giving, and forgiving. 
that which you really, because that, in the work that I've done, that's the formulation, that's the definition for me of love. Love is not a feeling. Absolutely. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a being, B-E-I-N-G. Love is a being, a human being. We are love. We We are are love. And so to the degree that we are love, you do not come into relationship for love. You come in as love. Because you love, you yourself love. To the degree that you are love, when you come, when you have two people who come into a relationship as love, they don't come in for love, what now happens. So either one of you, so uh, Marvin, let's go with you. Let's say that you come into a relationship as love, and the other person that come into that relationship with you as love, to the degree that each of you is love, both of you now become the recipients of the love that the other person is. Uh-huh. Which is, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, so, 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 so you're not looking to someone to love you. What you're yeah. really inviting them to do is to continuously be love for themselves. Uh-huh. And to the degree that they are love for themselves, you always are the recipient of the love that they are. I love that. So, but so what happens if, if say me, I'm like, I'm, I, 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 I am love. Correct. And I meet somebody. But they don't. They're not the same. They, they're 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 not love. They, they're looking for something. So how does that work out? If I'm that person that I, that is love, and I you know I meet somebody and, and and I date somebody or I am with somebody that does that isn't on that same spiritual spiritual level, right? Yes. So what is the outcome? Is that then downfall or ultimately? Or can that be worked on? Or does Excellent. That, is that your yeah, question? Yeah. yeah the, the, Excellent how, question. What's the outcome of that? Excellent question. Excellent question. So let's say in the beginning. Again, uh, Marvin, let's go with you, right? So you, 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 you really grasp this concept of being love. And so would you personify every day, all day long, this patience and kindness and gentleness and givingness and forgiveness? What's going to happen is that as people see you and experience that, they're, oh my God, I want to be with that. And so the line becomes very, very long. So now you may, as love, you may say, well, you know, I find this person physically attractive, right? And they come into relationship with you, but they themselves are not love. Not only will you not see that, not only will you see that even before you come into the relationship, but as you come into the relationship, your challenge, so to speak, now becomes one where you invite them to understand how to become love themselves. So to the degree that you're able to help them facilitate that process in becoming love, that relationship gets richer and richer and richer. If they choose not to become love, that's when you decide, even before matrimony, if you're going to go that route, that's when you decide, "Mm, you know what? I am going to continuously be love. And as love, I can love you without necessarily having to be with you. Mm. I can continuously, and this is a huge, huge issue in relationships understanding how to continuously love someone because we tend to associate and equate erroneously love with emotion and feelings and right. this is this is quite frankly where we begin to have a whole lot of affairs in relationships because we have been taught to believe that if you love someone you know you can't help who you fall in love with and because you love them you just have to be with them this is absolutely not true. Yeah, pe- people will argue. I think we have we spoke about this. Correct. That it's like they, they say, um, no, it, love shouldn't be a feat. Like uh, it shouldn't be described. Love is just it's a feeling that 
I can't describe that we it's a connection, it's a chemistry that we know that it's just a feeling. No. But you're Absolutely not. <laughs> so absolutely halted not. me in my no. tracks. Like, no. no, absolutely not. Right. So what's actually happening physiologically, even as we're experiencing what a lot of people refer to as love, is what we in the field of psychology and then social working counseling refer to as limerence. Limerence. Limerence is a state of, of it's really a psychological state that's really induced by physiology. So very quickly, limerence says that Oh, I just, I just love you. I love being around you. I can't get away from you. I want to be with you all the time. You run through my head and my dreams. When I, that's limerence. And what's happening with limerence is the brain is now being flooded by a chemical call. Are you ready for this? By a chemical call, ethylethamine. Ethylethamine. Right? And really, it's the chemical that you'll find in chocolate. <laughs> so it's the same trigger same trigger right, right. so so okay. is it more of like uh in in uh an addiction type obsession it type? is it is so what happens is that and, and 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 look things are supposed to work physiologically in a way that when you find yourself particularly attracted to someone and things are going i mean the brain does get flooded with this particular feeling good chemical. It is mm, supposed to. Got it. Just as it also gets flooded with oxytocin, which is which we sometimes refer to that as the love chemical. It's the cuddle chemical. It's the caring chemical. In fact, what we know, particularly in some recent research, that oxytocin uh, as a as a as a as a hormone, right? It, it, we we again we get this idea that that that. That, for example, only parents can really love children and mothers have a greater love for their children than fathers. Oxytocin said, that's not true. How do we know? Because when we did the research, we discovered that even in gay and lesbian couples, they had just as much love and care for their adopted children as biological parents. How do we know that? Because we, we would swab their cheeks, we would measure the levels, the oxytocin levels, Levels are just as high. Wow. Just as high. Right? So, again, what we have inherited erroneously is this, this and, and what's really at fault for so much of this is the concept, uh, once again, the erroneous concept of romance. Well, yeah. The erroneous concept of romance. And most people really do not know that romance is not real. <sighs> it was never intended to be real. But when you say it's not real, so... so how would you describe romance? What would you say romance is? So, I suppose being romantically involved... Speak it to the mic. Speak, being romantically involved with somebody, being affectionate, caring, loving, devoting your time and energy to somebody and, and, and committing to somebody. I think that would be a dis description of being... Hey, Luch, romantic. what do you think romance is? No, it's not on. Just say it. specific terminology so before you school us <laughs> on what romance is romance i would believe it's uh doing something more or being extra special for correct. someone i feel like that's how most people would relate correct. to it right correct all right now school us romance romance is a fictitious language fictitious a made-up a contrived language so in the 12th century the 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 romans um created a French dialect called 
romance. And the reason it was created was because uh, back in the day, you know, internet was kind of spotty in the 12th century, okay? Uh, (laughs) It's a a radio and podcasts and those kind of things. I mean, you could get them, but you had to be extremely wealthy, right? Right, I mean, those things did not exist. So what happened? You had troubadours, people like Taylor Swift and Lionel Richie and entertainers and poets who would come into particularly the palaces of kings and queens, and they would perform in the courts of kings, hence the phrase courtly love. So these individuals would meet in these courts and these troubadours, entertainers, would perform and entertain their guests, the vast majority of whom were female. And so one of the things to do in entertaining these female was to tell these made-up fictitious stories like the knight in shining armor coming and sweeping the lady off like her fairy feet. Tales. It's a fairy tale. The notebook right? type stuff. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. It's a fairy tale. So the Romans decided... Ro- the who? The Romans. The Romans decided right, that it's okay for you to do that, but to make sure that people don't get confused, we're going to need to create a language. To describe the fictitious. To, to describe. So whenever things are said in the Romans language, people automatically knew, oh, it's just, it's just a tale. It's fictitious. It's made up. Back then. Exactly. Exactly. And then over time, it started getting confused. years later, ah. we lost its original meaning. And so 900 years later, we have now made a central component of relationships, which 900 years ago, people... Wasn't please, even real. Please. Right? Like, Come on, it's a joke. It's a, it's, a, it's a story. It's a tale. It's not real. Right? The idea, for example, um, queens demanding of their king's great loyalty. Come on, man. 900 years ago, as a queen, you didn't even have an opportunity to speak to the king. <laughs> you would lose your head unless you were invited in. But the troubadours, who had to make a living by telling these stories, I mean, they made up the stories that would cause, it's no different today, they made up the stories that would cause their audiences to keep on coming back and coming back so they can get the goal rolling. Literally. They paid in gold, right? And so this romance thing has really gotten out of its way. So here's what I like to say, particularly in reference to romance. Is there anything wrong with being romantic today? No. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being romantic as long as you understand that it's not real. It's really designed for temporary entertainment purposes. So for example, let me illustrate it. We live here in South Florida. It would be nice to go to Disney World and spend a night in Cinderella's castle. (laughs) Spend two, spend three. You're not gonna spend your life there. You can't afford it. It's not real. It's not real, right? So if you're going to wine and dine your partner, your person, of course, of course. But try to do that every day of the week. It's not sustainable. And anyone who comes into a relationship expecting that kind of thing all the time, that relationship is in trouble. Mm. That relationship is in trouble. So once again, going back to the point made at the beginning, education becomes critical. And so we are bought into this thinking, thinking, no, relationships and love is just a natural process. You know, you just learn it as you go along. 
And yet we never take that approach to like, well, you know what? We're gonna build a bridge over here. Let's 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 try it and have a hundred thousand people go across it and see whether or not it's going to hold up. No, we won't do that. <laughs> we won't do that, right? No, we go and we study this thing for quite some time, and 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 then we perfect it over time. This is what we're trying to do with relationships you got a nowadays. So what you're trying to say is, so why should we treat everything the same, right? So why should we treat a relationship like we treat everything else? We shouldn't. That's what you're trying to say, right? So, well, no, in fact, I think we should, no, no, which no, no. it requires the yeah, same no, 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 amount. You, so you're saying is we should treat it like everything else because... Correct. Nobody knows. Why do we treat it differently? Correct. Exactly. Correct. No one's so, born knowing. Exactly. So just like, we, just like we pursue knowledge in other areas in order to become good in those areas, we really need to pursue knowledge, particularly in ref. And when I say knowledge, I'm not... Trial and error. I'm talking about tested and scientific methods that that, that 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 we experts have used now, particularly in psychology, for a hundred years. A hundred years. There is no reason why we have to continuously marry and divorce at the rate that we do. There's no reason why individuals have to continuously start a relationship and mess it up and go from one to and then, for example, someone says someone starts a relationship with you and they can be in that relationship, let's say for a year. And in, in, in that one year period, you're the love of their life. And then for whatever reason, the relationship ended. And somehow now, rather than you being the angel Gabriel from heaven, you are Lucifer from hell. No, it doesn't work that way. It simply doesn't work that way. So if you were Lucifer all along, how come, how come that person didn't see that? If you were Gabriel all along, how come someone didn't see that? And it is because we come into relationship for ourselves. It is what I refer to as selfish love. Right. The first dimension of love in my four-dimensional love model. It's a problem. It's a problem. Right? And so what that model actually says is that ideally we want to be at a place of covenant love, agape unconditional love a love that says i love you because of my capacity to love has nothing to do with you my love is for you it's not about you my love is about me so for example when jack says to jill baby i love you if jill doesn't really understand what jack is saying jill is going to think that that's about her Jack is talking about himself. Jack is saying, to the degree that I have the capacity to be patient and kind and gentle and giving and forgiving, I am that for you. Yeah, it's not you. I love you. There you go. I'm and, feeling love. And, and it has nothing to do with you, and there's nothing you could do to make me not love you or make me love you, because that would be a, a condition. But what you're talking that about is they're unconditional. Is, exactly. That is. And, and, and when you, once you put a conditional love, it simply doesn't, it's not love, right? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. So love, love, love has, genuine true love has no conditions. So even like in my four-dimensional love model, I talk about the first dimension being selfish love, the second being exploratory, the third being contractual, and the fourth being covenant. When I conducted a webinar on this recently, what I said is, yeah, the first is selfish, but really there's no such thing as selfish love. There's only selfish individual Second, exploratory love. There's really no such thing as exploratory love. There's only exploratory relationships. Third, there's no such thing as contractual love. There's only 
contractual agreements. Hmm. But for covenant love, there is something called covenant love. There is something called unconditional love. Because love genuinely really should be without condition. Has nothing, you can't cause me to love you no more than you can cause me not to love you. Let me nail the point here. Because when we say to someone, I love you, it carries the same weight if I were to say to either one of you, I hate you. Who's the person who's doing the hating? I'm doing the hating. I hate you. I hate you. And yet, what we tend to do is, I would, if I were to say, I love you, you think <laughs> that's about you. But when I say, I hate you, you think that's about me. <laughs> Interesting. And the only reason you do that is because you are selfish. Uh, you see what you see when you want to see in the way that you want to see it, because that's the way you choose to look at it. What did I say? I mean, I was a little, it was a little bit different, but I was more of, okay, so we're going to kind of go off the tracks a little bit. But one of the things that I say is, for example, some women, we talk about everything here. One of them is, oh, sex on the first date. And then some women would be like, oh, I don't want to come off as a a slut. Correct. I want to look wrong. And I'm like, correct. Who said, did you say you're a slut? Correct. Do you believe you're a slut? Correct. I'm not a slut. Yeah. So then why are we, what's the problem then? Oh, but he called me a slut. So you believe what he says. Correct. Right? No. Correct. So then don't worry about you. you control the narrative. You are yourself. If you made that, that decision, correct. own up to it. Don't don't succumb to what someone else Absolutely. is opinions of you. You are who you are. If, if you think it's study, then guess what? You think it's study. Same thing when it comes to, oh, I don't want to be too strong in a relationship because then the guy is going to, I'm going to scare him away. Correct. Do you think you're crazy? Oh, I'm not crazy. So then don't think that he's going to think you're that crazy. Oh, correct. but I'm going to push him away. He's going to think I'm psycho. Do you think you're psycho? No. Okay. So then what does it matter? Of course. So it's almost the same thing as that. It's you have to be that feeling. You really do. You, 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 Chris, you get it. You, 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 you really, and recently in the coaching process, I had someone who come up, came up with the same kind of thinking. So they're in a relatively new relationship and, and they, 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 they had traveled somewhere to a convention. Uh, and then as they were there, they picked up some, some, token of appreciation for the person they were dating and they called a friend and they said do you think it's too early in the relationship for me to give them this to which the person responded no if that's who you are and that's your thoughts and beliefs and feelings do you and if that person responds in a way that they kind of reject that let that tell you who they are beautiful let that tell you who they are Right. So, so no, be you. Right. And then pay attention to who the other person is. Yeah. It's, it's like if, if they, if they're like, oh no, they, they, they shy away from that. It's like, maybe that's not someone that you want to even give with. that. Yeah. Right. Or continue. They're not deserving. That of. is correct. That is correct. Now this is where relationship coaching becomes particularly important because that person may shy away from that in the beginning even though that's not what they really want to do, but they believe that that is what they should be doing. You're talking about, the, in this case, the, the gifting? Correct. Okay. Correct. So, 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 so the person, so if you have these two people in um, coaching slash counseling about their relationship and they have this experience, then a good therapist, coach, psychoanalyst, psychologist counselor is able to say to them okay so what did that mean for you 
What did you like or dislike about that? And then you process that. And what you're going to find 11 times out of 10, okay? <laughs> what you're going to find you got is the, you that... You got that ratio? You got the percentages now? <laughs> yeah. 11 out of 10? You got that? <laughs> what they're going to find is that their response is baggage that they're bringing into the relationship. And now that has to be worked through because if that isn't successfully addressed, that continues to be the narrative that moves forward in that relationship. So you mean like whatever past traumas that I could have experienced, anything that has now, I'm a product of whatever. That is correct. And I'm bringing that onto my new relationship. That is correct. Yeah, we we talk about it all the time as well. We all do. We yeah, all it, it's kind of so I, I always say it. It's like you know you got what, what do you, you want to say? No, no, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to kind of. It is that. hard not to do it. It is hard not to do it, particularly because we are not only social but we are emotional beings, and so every time we have an experience, we have a physiological, a sociological, and a psychological connection to that experience. I it becomes difficult to undo that thing. It's also more like a. a like a like a natural instinct for like you know back in the days like if something would if you would go through pain your body would be like okay like I'm let me remember this I'm not gonna go through that, that again. is correct when you would hit when your kid you would put your hand on a hot stove now you know correct. it's hot now you, every time you see that stove your body automatically makes that that connection. is yeah, correct but like you you need to learn from the experience exactly. and you then be more learn. cautious of correct. not not letting it present itself again right. correct correct but what we also need to learn is not every experience is the same. So, 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 so the two of you may have had some experiences, let's say, in high school together, right? And now you bring those experiences, what, 10, 15 years later? Into, those experiences aren't necessarily telltale signs of what you're going to experience today because we have to believe. We have to believe that not only do people want to change, they're capable of change. Agreed, change absolutely. for good and change for bad. Right. This again, it's almost like the perfection thing. If you if you practice something bad, you're going to perfect the plan. Absolutely. Right. And so even in relationships, one of the things that we don't know, because, again, we have not been educated about it, is this thing called neuroplasticity, the the ability of the brain to change itself. Your brain is like plastic, so to speak. And, and, and is, that, um, is that based on age, timing? Is that based on experience? How, how does that work? So, so even before birth, your brain has this capacity. What now happens is, is based on those experiences, if experiences continue to be the same, then your brain patterns get stronger and stronger and stronger in reference to that. But because of neuroplasticity, you can learn to create brand new, different experiences. And this is, for example, what happens particularly in the case of battered wife syndrome. How do you take someone out of the situation where they've been battered by their, by, by, by their romantic lover all their lives and, 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 and convince them, no, 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 this can be different. This can be different. That's a process. It's right. not an easy process. But it can be done. And it happens every day. Right. It, that's the work that we do. That's beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. So, I mean, so much information, stuff that's that I that I would have never thought, but it's it's amazing. And thank you so much for coming on the show. So, you feel like, and I think you were saying that on your sermon. The reason why most relationships fail is because they're stuck on that contractual love. Absolutely. I love you if you do this for me. I Correct. love you because of that. And then you're saying so. Essentially, is the key to any happy, fulfilling relationship surpassing that level and reaching that covenant love, that spiritual love. Is that the key that when is you want to the break key. it down that is the key 
Okay. Right? So even in the four-dimensional love model where I talk about selfish love, exploratory love, contractual love, and covenant love, as I said earlier, really, selfish, exploratory, and, and, and contractual, they really shouldn't exist. They really shouldn't exist. The only kind of love that should exist is covenant, unconditional love. Now, let me share a couple things Please. about that because, again, this is where people get so, so confused. So if I were to say to both of you, before I was even introduced to you a few weeks ago, I loved you. Didn't even know that you existed, but I love you, right? Why? Because my love for you has nothing to do with you has nothing to do with you. Because I am love, I, I have the ability and the capacity to love people I don't know that I've never even met. That's the beauty, number one. Number two, go ahead, Chris. But then wouldn't you, people may argue that- <laughs> if, I see you know, where you're going. People may argue that it's like, they don't want to throw the word around because they think that it's supposed to mean. That is correct. You know, and that's unfortunate. Because we associate love with, with the other person. With romance and, 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 and sexual and, intimacy and feelings. And I, it's also, because we, ever since we were a kid, we are taught that, okay, if you behave good or if you do this, then there's a reward. Or you, you're only being loved if you're doing something right. That is correct. Right? And so I think 27 years old now, all my life, I associate love. You have to do something in order to be loved. That is correct. You're saying you don't have to do anything. Absolutely. You're you're reciprocate. You reciprocate. The, Absolutely. Absolutely. So then... Okay, so then love is oneself. So then, uh, like, what would what would you say to those people that are like, oh, like, I can't tell, like, I'm in a relationship with Marvin and I, we're in a relationship. Oh, Marvin, I love you. Correct. Like, he's going to be like, uh, that's, you know, it's too soon or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so, and that's one of the biggest fears or concerns, right? And that's where, again, education and relationships really need to take place. Well, you maybe explain, before Chris introduced me to you, I never heard of dimensional love. So maybe educating, if you meet somebody, educating people about this dimensional love and what it really means Absolutely. to love somebody. And how Absolutely. So I think it all comes down to academia. like, study, like I, But now I also feel like, for example, like when you're, if you're with your partner, you'd be like, oh, babe, I love you. Like. You know, for her, I would I would feel like she would feel special if I say that. But now if it's love, that word, it, it, it's almost like meaningless now. For It could be for many relationships now. Ah, you just nailed the key. You just nailed the key. So right? there shouldn't be a difference between Chris loving his girlfriend and Chris loving me? We're getting this, bro. We're getting this. We're getting it. So okay, listen okay. to me very... You are getting it. Bring it on. That's the beauty, right? I love it. So, 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 Marvin, given what you said, here, 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 here's the way I say it. The love is the same. The relationship is different. Right. So your love for Chris is no greater or no less than your love for your girlfriend. The love is the same. But I'm going to guess that you're not going to do some things. With <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right, 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 right. Should get the mic on, bro. Turn the mic on for him. Okay, so you said there it should all be the same, right? So the, what love, about, the love is the same. The love is the same, right? What if you have a kid or your father or your grandma? Should that also be the same? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's his. You're, it's but your that's company. not a relationship. Well, it is a relationship, but it's not a dating relationship. What's the difference? Ah, it's a different relationship, right? So, 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 it, so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what type of relationship it is. 
It doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is because love has less to do with, love, love really has nothing to do with relationships. Love has nothing to do with relationships. Love has everything to do with you. Yeah. So, so, so relationships really more of a, a, a function of roles and responsibilities. So, mm. so don't you think some wait, ah, <laughs> like exploded roles and responsibilities because as a partner yeah. to your to your woman, correct? Th those if you are love, you are now going. Tell me if I'm wrong. The the responsibilities of you showing love i guess whatever the word is now yeah it, it's tied to the responsibilities of the relationship that you have with that person there you go and so, then whatever it is for your kid that's a different role of responsibility role of respons where you if you love are love you are giving that to that person there. for them to receive so then that is correct so so go ahead ask your question so then you know you think some people might get offended when they say but i love my kid more than anything else in the world and then i would always put my kid before anybody Right, 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 and I understand that. But see, here's the problem. Here's that's the problem. what that's that's what I I'm just saying. That's what I would Correct. put the difference between love and loving your kid and loving your dog. No, but but right. you have the capacity to serve those roles and responsibilities. That is correct. Of being there for your kid and that putting them before yeah. everybody else. That is correct. So so you can love every child in this world. Correct. But you have a responsibility to yours first because of yeah. the relationship that, that is you have. Correct. That is correct. Almost fell out of my seat. That is correct. Because of the relationship that you have, you have an obligation first and foremost to your own children, even though you can love every child in the world. You have an obligation because you have fathered them, and as such, you have a father responsibility to them. But you don't love other children in the world any less because you would want their fathers to assume the, to assume the same roles and responsibility that as you do as a father. I think if some, if everyone on this planet would adopt this way of, of, of loving, yes, I mean this world would be such a better place. Of course, saying that say, you know, Luch goes to dinner or lunch with his daughter. Of course, and he essentially he loves the the waiter that takes care of him and at the at the table the same way he loves his daughter. Absolutely, right? that's essentially what what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's Absolutely. just the responsibility. The, the relationship is different. The relationship is different. The relation. So, so, so even in my community, let's say, let's let's say, as a as a, as a professor at Miami Dade College, work with a lot of women. The vast majority of whom, or what we might refer to as just drop dead gorgeous. Hmm. Okay. What classes are these? Yes. We enroll in school. Again, yeah. Speaking of classes, so 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 as a professor. I have hundreds of female students drop-dead gorgeous. Do I not see all of these beautiful women? Yes. Do I not love them? Yes. But at the end of the day, when I leave Miami-Dade College and I drive one hour north to Coconut Creek, Florida, I know that there is a woman drop-dead gorgeous who is just as gorgeous as these women, I love her just as much as I love my students whom I have not met, and yet I'm not tempted in the least to be with any of my students. Why? Because I can love them and still share the right relationship with them. Right. You, you reach that level of relationship ah. with your partner for you to say, the love that I'm giving you, well, the love that I have to give you, to offer to you, is based on the relationship that we've achieved that it, and for you to earn and 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 deserve that so so it's not, it's not the love 
I I know that well, that's that's like I had that that issue like explaining correct, that word. Correct. What word? What yeah. word would you just say? So so so, as long as you can keep straight that that, that you are the love. And anyone with whom you interact, they become the recipient of it's your love. Nuts. And so you are, and let me go back to something you said earlier, to mess up a sentence in the middle of a sentence, right? So, so rather than saying, I love you, which that's the way we do it, yeah. the more accurate way to say it, which makes absolutely no sense. Makes no sense, but it's it, right. It's right. I am love for you. I think it makes sense. That's kind of hot. I like yeah. it. I am love it. for you. So that's a yeah, you know, when am, you get home. I am patience for you. I am gentleness for you. I am kindness for you. I am givingness for you. I am forgiveness for you. Which what has, would you call all of the all of those? Like if so, you can categorize that, what would you call that? I mean, those are what I refer to as the characteristics or the characteristics. traits. Unconditional love. Of unconditional love. Of agape, unconditional love. Which, by the way, um, just in case someone might be thinking, um, Katy Perry's song is the only song that I've ever found to capture this truly. Uh, her, her, her song that says, Unco- I, uh, unconditionally, that song, right? Mm-hmm. Katy Perry has a, has a song, Unconditionally. Where she, now she, in my mind, messes up in one point where she says, I will love you unconditionally. Will you do the same for me? That's con- that now it puts a condition. Now it places a condition, correct? Yeah, right? Because right. unconditional love never asks to be love. Is that contractual? Is that part of the, con- the that contractual? That is contractual love. Right. That it's like, it, like I'll do this because do I want that. to, but like I, I'm correct. Because I'm receiving this. Correct. So I'll do for you if you do for me. But if you don't do for me, I won't do for you. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's where that, 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 the vast majority of relationships, when I say vast majority of relationships, 99.99999. 11 out of 10. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, 11 out of 10. I would think so. They do not get beyond, because that's what we've been taught, right? That's all we know. We, yeah. Make them love you. Make them do for you based on what you're doing. If you love someone who doesn't love you, you're a it fool. It should be reciprocated. It, it, they it, should be. Uh-huh. It should be reciprocated. And yet, the truth is, when you love unconditionally, it is reciprocated. And even when it isn't, you will see that much more quickly than if you're in contractual love, looking for it to be reciprocated. Because what's going to happen is That's that sometimes so it'll come, sometimes it'll not come, and that keeps you engaged in that contractual love. Right. The reciprocation should be should be um, like you want to give it instead of expecting that to is receive. Correct. That is it? correct. No, but what I want to go back to, well, what I wanted to say is if you, let's say, you know, you love somebody unconditionally, you know, you, you yourself in a spiritual, you know, unconditional love. Correct. And you're with somebody and, 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 and but they're not on that unconditional love. They do something, they, they cheat, they Correct. lie. Correct. Well, them doing that doesn't change the fact that you love them because nothing they can do, even if it's horrible, is going to change the fact that you love them. That is but correct. But then what do you do? You can, you can still love them from a distance, right? Like you say, hey, you I'm going to remove myself from the situation. Correct. Because because you're not, I, I, I don't like what you're doing. Is, I guess Absolutely. Can, and then, but it doesn't change the fact that I still love you. That, absolutely correct. Okay. So, so, so I can love you or more accurately, continuously be loved for you without, without having you. to be with you. Okay. And this is where we go wrong with a lot of relationships. So, Marvel, which you've described, unfortunately, that's a very common occurrence 
in relationships, and then when people separate, because, well, I don't want to be a part of that. Okay, no problem. They separate, and then that's where it goes from the, you know, the, the, the angel Gabriel to the devil Lucifer. I hate this guy, it, 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 I hate this girl, she, she was terrible. And there's terrible. no need for that. Right. There's no need for that, right? What should happen is, listen, Father Baby, I can't be with you anymore, but I wish you the very best. I wish you success. I wish you a great life. I wish that you will come to a place in your own life where you would not feel the need to be unfaithful in your next relationship. I, however, cannot tolerate that with you. Now, Beautiful. it doesn't mean that because you are unfaithful in a relationship that I necessarily have to leave. I can still remain in that relationship, right, and say, listen, maybe I don't like, I, I, I don't like what you did. It was low down. It was disgusting. It, 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 it was just wrong. Now, if you're prepared to be someone different, we can move forward. But if you're not prepared to be someone different, then, 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 then let's not do this. Let's not do this. Because you have the capacity to be a very different person. Who would you like to be, the person you were or the person that you could be? That's a different mindset. Different way of thinking. It's a very different way of thinking. Wow. It's a very, very different. If, if we believe that every time something goes wrong in a relationship, that causes the end of the relationship, but worse, then somehow that person becomes my enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It's no wonder we tend to live in a world that's so divided and so angry. Angry. And, and, and hateful. Uh, hateful. So, so, why, so why do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, why do you think that happens in some relationships where um, these obstacles or issues that cause um, unfaithfulness and stuff like that? So, because if you are, you know, a conditional unconditional love right you know everything is great yes how come you f you think that if it's like that when does it drop for these significant mistakes that could jeopardize yep. that excellent question excellent qu every problem that you've ever had every problem that you will ever have one more time <laughs> every problem that you've ever had and every problem that you will ever have will be a function of Yours or somebody else's selfishness, period. Got it. Period. We human beings, just as we have the capacity to love and be loved, we have the capacity to be selfish. And what we have been taught, erroneously once Preach. again, we have been taught to be selfish. Well, look out for number one. Put, put yourself first. Put yourself first. Put yourself first. The truth of the matter, healthy relationships say, I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to look out for you. Don't you look out for you. I'm going to look out for you. You might want to look out for me so that I don't necessarily have to do that. That creates an atmosphere of complete vulnerability and trust. And it is when that trust is violated, we then say, nope, that didn't work. When I go into the next relationship, I'm not going to do that. And that's the problem. That's the problem. We allow experiences in one relationship to color us for the next relationship. Yeah. 
right? So let me come back very quickly to something that was asked earlier before we push, because I really want to emphasize this concept of, of um, the love is the same, the relationship is different, right? Mm -hmm. So let me illustrate it this way. I'm married, have been for 34 years, and if I am fortunate, I will be for the next 34 years, okay? Coming out of that marriage, the union has given me two beautiful daughters who are also pretty. Here we go. Two beautiful daughters who are also pretty. They get their, they get their prettiness from their mama. They get their beauty because they have fostered good character over the years. One more time. They get their prettiness biologically, genetically from their mama. They get their beauty from learning to, over a number of years, become patient and kind and gentle and giving and forgiving. I love my two girls like there is no tomorrow. But here's what my girls know. They can never replace their mama. Their mama's always first. Even though they are my blood and she is not, she's always first, always. I'll never choose my girls over my wife. Because if my wife and I do our job right, what will happen is they themselves will end up in relationships where someone will always choose them over even their own children. Wow, that twist. Jesus. That was like a suspense there. I'm like... (laughs) See, because we are so selfish and we're constantly thinking about ourselves, we always want to be the first in every relationship. It simply doesn't work that way, right? So, so if I when I leave here and head back home, I will stop off to my 31-year-old apartment. She called me this morning. Hey, Dad, I'm thinking about buying this place. Would you come and have a look? And and uh, absolutely, absolutely, I'll come and do that. Why? Because my love for you is without condition, and so yeah. But this is the same daughter on who one occasion got very angry and upset with me uh, because of something. Okay, that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that I'm still your daddy. That yeah. doesn't change the fact that I still love you without condition. All right. No. So 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 that's not an issue. That's not an issue. But her, nor her younger sister, a 28, would ever take the place of their mother. That's just not going to happen, right? Not only because their mom and I were together first, because it's true. Here's more. Here's more. God forbid their mama passes on today. Maybe sometime after I will remarry. Those girls won't be first. Their stepmother would. That doesn't change. Because here's what I know to be true. To the degree that I am love for their stepmother, and their stepmother knows that I love those girls unconditionally, she will always look to protect those girls. Hmm. She I will always, that. yes, because she, she, she knows that my love for her is without condition, and my love for them is without condition. So there's never any competition. Yeah, it's almost like a, like a, like a connection. Correct. Almost. Correct. So I will always fight to protect my spouse first, whether it's not their mama. Because the very same thing will then happen as they go into their own relationships. I am teaching them how to create and nurture healthy relationships. 
Interesting. Boy. So what if ugh, crazy like plot was what so what if it's like your your spouse, your wife, and let's say your mother. Because there's a lot of people who say, well, who comes first, your wife or your mother, the person who brought you into this world? Correct. <laughs> right? Uh, I see it all the time on social media. It's like, who, who, who what a man's supposed to pick, you know, or, or their even mother if, or yeah, their partner. They, exactly. So, what what would you say to that? Maybe in your personal experience. Or, or your daughters. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you, well, you did say that that your, your, your spouse comes first. No, no, but for the daughter. Oh, well, it could be the same thing then. So then you said, oh, that uh, my daughters, you know, my wife is number one or their mother is number one, comes Correct. first. Right. Correct. In terms of my mother, my wife comes first. Interesting. Absolutely. People are going to listen to this right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. My mom gave me life, but she is not my life. She gave me life, but she's not my life. She, so one of the courses that I teach at Miami-Dade College is human growth and development. And let me write it down because I've been wondering what class you got these pretty girls in. (laughs) All of them. All of the all of the courses I teach. Rate right? my, my professor. <laughs> I see all his classes. <laughs> so, so one of the courses I teach is human growth and development, and that course looks at uh, conception all the way to death. Mm-hmm. Right. First day of class, I always ask my students this question: When you give birth to your child or children, for whom do you give birth? Do you give birth for you? Or do you give birth for them? One more time. When you give birth to your children, for whom do you give them life? For you or for them? For you. And that's what most students say. You give I was thinking the kid. Yeah, exactly. Giving the kid the life. You're giving you're giving life to the kid. For the kid. You put that on a silver platter for you. Wake up, Marvin. No, I'm, I'm up, but that most people would say that because like, they didn't ask to be born. You, you wanted to have kids. R- for yeah, but you're giving. Right. Give, right. Yeah, yeah. You're giving life for them. Oh, I get that. Now, most students don't even understand why I would ask that question, right? Because on face value, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But here are the implications. When you give birth for you, you raise that child as yours in bondage as your person to do what you want them to do. That unfortunately, particularly in black and brown families, almost never changes. Particularly with we, we men children, we're raised to believe, no, your mama's always first. But if your mama gave birth to you for you rather than her, she will then raise you to say, now listen, I love you unconditionally. But your first commitment is to your spouse, as mine said to me many, many years ago, and continues to say it now. Right? So I will never, never choose my mama over my wife. Okay. Because the minute I do that, I dishonor my mama. Mm-hmm. I dishonor my mama. Right? It's not only that. It's all. It's also like your partner, like become i feel like you guys have become one you know like we with that have. unconditional love and that's we what have. creates the strength exactly for everything around exactly and the crazy thing about it is that particularly in this country but also in others the vast majority of people they want a quote-unquote christian marriage and they want to take those christian vows and yet do not live by them <laughs> yeah that's just straight up hypocrisy mm-hmm. right it, it's 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 not good at all so, so no, my wife is first. She always will be first. 
And if she passes on before me and there's another wife, she will be first as well. That will never change. But it does. Now, here we go once again. It doesn't mean that the relationship between me and my daughters change. Right, right, of course. No, no. Right? They will always be my daughters. But I won't love them unconditionally because they're my daughters. I love them unconditionally because they are human beings. You love them because you are loved. And there you go. That's your capacity to they, give them. Exactly. Them to receive it. Exactly. And so when someone else comes into my life who is not their biological mother, that person is, quote, unquote, deserving, although there's no deserving, so to speak. That mm. person is deserving of my unconditional love. There's no sliding up and down in positions. Yeah, those positions are never changing, and they never get confused. But the relationship does. The relationship, the roles and responsibilities. Absolutely, the roles and the responsibilities change, and even among my daughters. So certain roles and responsibilities I had with with them at birth, I no longer have those roles and responsibilities because they're now adults. But my love, as long as you still are love, your the 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 new roles and responsibilities are going to be are still going to be there. Senor. How do you pick your roles and responsibilities, though? What do you mean, how do you How uh, do you know wait, who on, to give? Elaborate. How do you know which responsibilities and roles you give to each? Well, that's based on the relationship. So, it, but something it is that based you could do for your wife, you could also do for your daughter. Yes, yes. But again, when, when, you when can you still have the same roles and responsibilities. They can still. Some of them will be the same. Under the same umbrella. But then right? who do you pick? What do you mean, if, who do you like, pick? Like, I'm talking, like, let's say you. Give you, us an example, yeah. You have the same roles and responsibilities for both of them. You said they could be the same, right? In some instances, the roles of the relation the the roles of the relationship are the same. In some instances, some of the roles what about the, and responsibilities you said they could also be the same. Not all, but there could be no, some no, that similar. kind of trend. Yeah, right. but then when that happens, who do you pick? If you have, but but when would it ever come to a picking? Yeah, like, when, when, like you're when, being specific. Like, give us an example. When would like I let's have say you have the responsibility to pick up your daughters from the gym, and then you have the responsibility to pick up your wife from work. What do you pick? Of course, of course. So so so, if if my daughters, for example, at the are, same time, I'm, I'm just saying the same time, same day, same everything. Not a problem. Not a problem. If my daughters are in a situation where they're at the gym, and a, an adult has to be there to ensure their safety, then they get selected first in that particular case. But it doesn't mean that I love them any more than my wife. What it means is that the circumstance at the time dictated whose needs need to be met first, mm. whose needs need to be met first. That's all it is. You, 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 do you, do you accept? Do you accept? Just, no, yeah, I just wanted to get your... You're, you're yeah, because at that. the end of the day, you're still love for both of them. That is correct. But it's, you know, is there a need? Correct. For, no, because for I feel like some people might have difficulties trying to figure that out when it comes to like, okay, I have my daughters at the gym. I have to pick them up at four. And then I have my wife at work. I have to pick her up at four. Who do I... Who do I make wait? Who, who, who's well, going to wait? Okay, I can see that because then most people yeah. will probably say, I got to get my kid first. Exactly. That's what right. I'm but then, well, why? And then that's when he comes on the yeah, situation, on the circumstance Correct. where it says, Correct. oh, I, some, you know, there's no chaperone there anymore. You know, they're not being looked out after. She can be in danger if no one else is there. You go over there. That Your is wife correct. can probably hold yeah, her own. So you can be get, like, ah, she good for that. Yeah, that's hour. what I wanted you to, uh, you know, talk about. Correct. Well, yeah, I get it. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. So again, the, the, very seldom are we are ever putting those kinds yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good, it's good to, to address it because it then is very we got we got identify it, is very it good. as well. It, it, it's circumstances and situations at the time. So I wanted to go back a little bit. Sure. Um, some would say, because because you were saying how um 
uh, you know, selfish love, you know, it's a bad way to see it, whatever. But they would say, um, okay, in relationships, it shouldn't be about I care for you, you care for me, or, or I give to you, you give to me. It should be you handle yourself. Right. I handle me. Correct. And then together, we handle together up. Correct. In the same direction. Correct. Not so much, okay, like I take care of you, you take care of me. We take care of each other, and then together we make this happen. That is correct. So that that's the right way to see it? It is the right way to or see it. Or do you, you know, I, I don't know. Give me your feedback on that. So so the it, the best way to explain it is 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 by asking a question, not that I'm necessarily expecting an answer, but the question is, why would you come into a relationship for the first place? Why would you do that? All right? You come into a relationship really to get what you cannot get on your own. Now, think about the things that you you can get on your own in this life. You can get houses and cars and properties and careers and possessions. You can get almost everything on your own by yourself. So those are never reasons to come into a relationship. There's really only one reason to come into a relationship. Because there's only one thing you can never get on your own by yourself. Companionship. Right. Companionship. So relationships are not about love. I mean, particularly when we talk about romantic relationships, you don't come in for love. You come in as love. You don't come in to be loved. You come in as love. But what you come in for is what you cannot get on your own by yourself. You cannot be your own companion. Right? You cannot. I see that. So, 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 so you really come into a relationship with another person for companionship. As your companion, there are things that you would do individually and collectively, and collectively, where you would build a life together. But even, but even in that relationship, each of you will choose to have your own careers and your mm -hmm. own career paths, like right? Each of you would choose to select your own vehicle. Each of you will continue to have your own friends. To be your own self. To be your own self. Your own love. Yes. Well, I would like to, I mean, obviously make the, 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 the statement that the prerequisite for unconditional love for others is dependent on your unconditional love for yourself. Right? Correct. Because how can you love somebody else unconditionally if you don't even love yourself unconditionally? Uh, absolutely. So I think it starts with you. And if you're not in that position, dating shouldn't even be... Absolutely. Maybe something that you shouldn't even pursue. Right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so, so uh, to your point, Marvin, people need to understand that, that, that the best way for me to be patient with you is really for me to personify patience. Mm. I am patient with myself. And to the degree that I am patient with myself, in your presence, you become the recipient of the patience that I am. I am kind to myself. And in my presence, to the degree that I am kind to myself, you become the recipient of the kindness that I am. Now, here's, here's, here's a secret. A secret. So as you're in my presence and you are watching me personify patience and kindness and gentleness and givingness, you are tempted, you are tempted to say, I really would like for you to be kind to me the way you're kind to yourself. Really, there's no need for that because if I am kindness, I can't be rude to you. <laughs> what you really want to say is, I wish I can be kindness to me as, I, as you are kindness to you. 
Now that I can help you with is the idea, right? right? And so as you personify these traits and characteristics of love, what you find is that more and more and more people really want to be with you and around you. Mm-hmm. And if you do not take control of your selfish thinking, you'll be tempted to believe, yeah, not only can I be with all of these people, but I can be with them in some ways that I want to be with everyone. Mm. Except that covenant love never does that. Covenant love yeah, covenant can love. can 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 have relationships with everyone, recognizing that their love is the same. But once again, the relationships are going to vary from person to person. What we tend to think is that because the relationship varies, the love should vary. I understand mm. that. And that's not what unconditional no, love is. Correct. The love is the same for everybody. But because we tend to equate love with gifts and obligations and responsibilities and things and things and things, that's where we get into trouble. Well, I have to give my children more because I love them more. Well, no, 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 no. No, I have to give my child more than this one or that one. I'm, I'm, no, 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 that has nothing to do with love. That has everything to do with role and responsibility. So now I want to challenge. Go ahead, challenge. Because we had an episode of the five love languages. Was, yes. Which I want your opinion. Because if you are love based Correct. on the roles, responsibilities, and everything that we discussed. Right now you just said, you know, there's almost, nah, I don't want to say like you have to do things. But it's almost of how your partner receives Correct. and communicates. Correct. What is your thought behind the the love uh, the love languages because they would say the first year or two even though oh, well, I want to go into the uh, what is what is it that you have it called zero to marry for, for me to marry for me to marry well we'll get into that yes. right after but yes. for 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 the love languages it starts off with the first uh, uh, year or two it's Correct. just the obsession stage of, of what we had discussed the same thing as chocolate Correct. Right? so then Correct. after that it's okay how, what are we really building on Correct. what is the substance behind that yeah so I want your take on on the love languages and um. And, uh, and how it, it could affect the relationship given what, you know, your position on love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Five love languages. Nonsense. Really? Really? Nonsense. Really? Why not four? Why not seven? <laughs> well, someone did say that. Someone did challenge that. They're like, oh, I don't think you covered enough of them. Correct. I feel like this is, I feel like this is a way for, for relationships to to kind of refocus what the what the idea is like why did we get into this in the first place right but once again five love languages is really built on the concept of 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 selfish love exactly right exactly i need to learn your love language so i can speak it okay no i don't no i don't you need to learn your own love language there is no love language Right? There is love. Period. Period. So now, and this is difficult for me because Dr. Gary Chapman, who's the author of Five Love Languages, is a clinical psychologist. But I read his book again and again and again because I really want to believe the Five Love Languages. But the more I read, the more I'm convinced. Because very early on in this book, he talks about the experiences of this young girl, Ashley, who is just broken. And the problem is that her love tank needs to be filled up. This is the premise on which the five love languages is really built. Right. Yeah. That we all have filling up a love tank. 
right? And this is the problem in relationships in general. See, so, so, so if it is the case that we have a love tank and that love tank needs to be filled up by someone else, we're always at the mercy of other people. And this is exactly the way we live our lives. So now what begins to happen is that when we're at the mercy of other people who now we begin to do things that they think that we should do or we, we, we believe that they want us to do in order to be the recipients of their love. And the minute that we do something that does not meet their approval, then they can threaten us by withdrawing their love. Well, it's, it's conditional. Then. It is conditional. It's crazy how it all like, kind of ties itself. It know? is conditional. Right, and so what I say is, it's it so maybe no the five love languages. It's almost one of the 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 dimensions you can say of what could of, fall of, into. Yeah, one love. Of it it sounds like it's it falls into conventional conven no conventional conditional. It's, it falls into conditional love. It, it's it's if it even rises to that for me, it's really selfish love. Yeah, but like, but like you know, I don't know. Let's say your wife. Yes, she doesn't like taking out the trash. Correct. And you know you guys have your situate you know dynamics of the the household is separated. Correct. Correct. She hates doing the laundry. Absolutely, she hates taking out the trash. Absolutely, but you know this. Correct. So you take out the trash for her. Absolutely, and she appreciates that maybe more so than you. Maybe doing something right. Else. It's not so much like I need to do this for you. It's it's more of you being love and saying, baby. I know you don't like cooking. Correct. Or you're not in the mood. Correct. So I'm going to cook because I want to because I am love. So that, again, is roles and responsibilities. So, okay. But so then so that there can, is then a tie. That you can tie that love language into roles and responsibility, right? Because if you know your partner really appreciates you, they appreciate the little things, right? Or you, they're doing stuff around the Or house. maybe a gift. Like, let's say you know that they like receiving gifts. And, and just like you had said earlier, like, oh, should I buy this for them? And it's like, you know what? I, I, know, I know that they're going to love this. I see it. It reminds me of them. I want to give it to them because I, I want them to feel special. But it's because you are love. You want to admit that to them. Not so much of you saying, this is how I need to. But you understanding their love language. Wouldn't you say, okay, I want. I know I'm loved. I want them to, to 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 know. I want them to feel. I want them to receive my love. Let me communicate it in this way. Except for me, that has nothing to do with love. So 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 let's say let's say you have a want. Let's say you have a want. Okay, because again, I differentiate between needs, wants, and desires. Right. So let's say you have a want. If I choose not to meet that want, does it mean that I am no longer loved for you? No. And many people would draw that conclusion erroneously, right? If I know that you have a want and I meet that want, to the degree that you interpret that as love, that has more to do with you than it has to do with me. Hmm. Has more to do, right? Yeah. But now what happens is that you begin to set it up because the minute you begin to attach love to that, you then have to conclude, you have to conclude that if I do not follow through in the way that you ideally would like for me to follow through, then I cannot love you. Because here's what happens in relationships. Well, if you love me, you'll do this for me. Yeah. That's a trap. Yeah. It's uh. a setup and it's a trap that you really can't escape. <laughs> How do you escape that? Because the minute someone says, well, if you love me, 
that's the setup right well, there. Well, but but that's okay. So because in the book as well, it also says you know people they'll think that they'll use it maliciously when that's not the intent. It's it not should, the it intent. shouldn't be. Oh, if you really love me, you would take out the trash. It's not the intent, that's, but unfortunately, that's the way it works in so many instances. No. So so so, for example, for example, I I I, I don't give gifts at Christmas. Intentionally, don't give gifts. Well, I I'm, don't exchange. I'm not gifts. inviting you for Christmas. Yeah, 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 coming yeah, over. I don't yeah, want yeah, exactly over. right because again, what we're accustomed to is I get you a gift, you get me a gift, yeah, and right. now we begin Condition. to look at the value of the gift and is it a bigger, <sighs> is it a greater value? And oh, I didn't like this. I really wanted something. To, well, just tell me what you want. If you want me to get you something, <laughs> why do I have to go through this mind reading exercise? Like, why? It's completely unnecessary completely unnecessary so when you am i making any sense to you i get you yeah 100%. yeah yeah but when you see the five love language isn't there anything you see that maybe resonates with you more where you're like well i really like i'm an affectionate man i'm an affectionate person that maybe that speaks more to me than maybe something else you look at the life five love languages and, and it doesn't occur or maybe you. if you like uh use quality time for you, you could be like oh well i you know i am love and and what i love most about my partner when i receive the love from her is when sh we spend the most time together so you don't see none of that. To the degree that someone can identify the things that you enjoy, there's great value in that. Right. Okay. There's great value in that. Sure. And does that in some way enhance the relationship? Absolutely. To refer to it as a language of love. Okay. So it's mislabeled rather than it's not. At a minimum, yeah. in my mind, it's mislabeled. Okay. Right? All right. At a minimum. At a minimum. Right? We didn't lose this argument. Draw. Draw. I get this all the time, right? Uh, because, I mean, the, 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 the five love language, I mean, it is written in like 40 different languages the world over, right? right. Not only that, I mean, there's one for singles, one for, for relationships, one for kids, one yeah, for... The yeah, blueprint yeah. for relationships. Because the concept thing. really works. And what is it about the concept? The concept about five love languages is, here is what I need you to do for me. Selfish love. It is selfish love. So it you is selfish yeah, love. So just one more thing. So you don't think, so for selfish love, like selfishness and unconditional love cannot coexist, right? No, no. What, you say, what was that? Selfish love, what? unconditional, like, like unconditional. selfishness and unconditional love. Yes. Yeah. Because they when cannot. you when you love unconditionally, it, it, it gives rid of all the restrictions and all the correct requirements. Correct. And, and it's not about great question, Marvin. Because yeah. some people think I mean by that 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 if you are unconditional in your love, that you don't care about anything yourself or care about anything that really happens the very opposite is true the very opposite is true right but like you say they cannot coexist right they cannot coexist because unconditional love says i'm going to be love l-o-v-e as opposed to l-o-v-e-d i'm going to be love for you no matter what you don't even have to exist but I am going to be love. I think because being at that state is very hard, especially for us when, when you live all your life and you've never really tried to be that way. Correct. All you've taught, all you've been taught is that conditional love. Like, Correct. Okay, you got to do this for me in order for me to do this. I got to do that. And you Correct. Do this. 
So kind of stepping into that is it's, it takes practice, right? Not only does it take practice, it takes great courage, right. right? But when you get there and you really experience it and you know how to live it, it's like it's not going back. Right. Because there's such liberation. There's such freedom. It's so freeing because then you recognize and accept that eh, to the degree that you are love for someone, how they respond to that and whether or not there is reciprocation matters not because you're not looking right. for anything. You're not looking for anything. And that's why I say in healthy relationships, it's never 50-50. It's never 50-50. It's always 100-0. You give 100 and you expect zero in return. Lo that, I love that. I'm making th this as a snippet. I'm cutting this on. I'm putting right, this man. on. This is a good one. 100 and expect zero in return. Now, here's the beauty. When two people are in a relationship where both are prepared to give 100 and expect zero in return, both end up with 100, which you wanted to get in the first place. That's but the way you went about trying to get it with 50, 50 it, because it slides between yeah. that 100. You know, we give 50. Well, I'm not going to give 50 this time. This time I'm going to give 75. Yeah. Most times we would say, I'm going to give 10 and I'm going to look for 90. Yeah. It's like, well, I gave 90% yesterday, so I should be only going 20% today. It's your turn. So, I, right? I, Whereas, Whereas when I give 100 and expect zero, it's like, <laughs> that's just who I am. And whether or not you give anything, that's who you are. And the sooner I recognize that, particularly in the quote-unquote dating relationship, the sooner the better. Beautiful. Doctor, we're... we're Close, we're short on time, yeah, but sure. before anything, because we got to take some pictures as well, mm. I want to go over what you did send us that we both reviewed as quickly as possible from Meet to Marry in 18 months. So Correct. some people would think that you're a psychopath. Absolutely. Um, Crazy. So Absolutely. a lot of people, they think, well, first of all, when it, even when we first talked about saying the word, I love you was Correct. a big deal, they Correct. would say, oh, I can't say this yet. Or and But it's like, that's, the, that's who we are. Correct. Right? No one understands that. So they think the, the words of, the words of, I love you, it's supposed to, you know, mean something at a certain time and Correct. place in the relationship. So if it's supposed to mean something, that's what they would argue. They would say, okay, then that means for us to get married, I want to at least get engaged in, in, in two years or one year. Right. And then married in the next three, you know, five years. Hello, when am I getting the ring? Right. So you think in 18 months this is possible? And in fact, I'm working with several couples right now where it's going to be within 12 months. But I, ask, I, I just think that's crazy so instead of it being crazy because <laughs> we're really short on time <laughs> i want you to just ex not since you're saying 12 months right there's obviously uh us we're speeding through your current 18 month model correct correct Elaborate. because because what i do even in that model from from meet from meet to marry in 18 months i allow the first three or four months for people to just kind of get to know each other, whatever that means, which never really happens the way ideally it should happen, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing more and more of now is I'm inviting individuals. So a couple of people I'm working with right now, I'm working with them because they came to me as single and they said, I really would like to be in a relationship. And I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get online and start looking for someone, okay. quote unquote, online dating. Sure. Contrary to popular belief, there is no such thing as online dating. That's a misnomer, right? There's no such thing as online dating. There's only online selection. That's all it is. 
True. It, it, I agree. It is online selection. That's all it is. And so I said, listen, try all of the free free sites. And then if you want to do any of the paid sites, great. But here's what I want you to do. Rather than you selecting one person and then, quote, unquote, dating that person, I want you to select about a dozen people one time. And then when you select those dozen people, I want you to, quote, unquote, date those dozen people, those 12 people on the very same weekend. You're going to you're going to meet with six of them yeah. on 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 a Saturday. You're going to meet with six of them on a Sunday. Hey, it sounds expensive. It's very cheap. It sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's speed, a, dating. Spe- speed dating. Speed so dating, so to speak. But it's going to be nothing more than coffee. Right? But I do agree because I tell them all the time, like, that, you yeah. got to date. You got to go out there. You got to figure you, it you, out. You, because what you're really doing is, is you're really sorting very, very quickly. Yeah. Like filtering and filtering. vetting them. Filtering. What people believe is that, no, I really want to select one person and then I get to know them. And if it really doesn't work out. and the tr- You feel like you're wasting time. It is wasting time. And the reason why people do that is because they don't know what questions to ask even on that first date. Mm, yeah. And so we believe, well, you know, we just really should ask, uh, you know, where you're from, you know, who are you? What are your goals? Uh, what are you? No, 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 no. Very first date. Very first date. Interested in marriage? Ah, That's what you say. I hate that question. If they're not and you are, what do you do? Oh, well, yeah, but you also got to be in that position, though. But you want to be, but are you going to get married in 12 months? No. All right, then fuck off. So you see what I mean? Because if you're not if you're not ready for marriage, I feel like if you ask that question and they say yes, you might now be leading them on into thinking that you are Correct. now ready. No, for- but no, but if you say, listen, I'm 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 interested in marrying. I just don't, you know, but it's not right now. No, we're talking about different. this though. But we're talking about this though, because that first initial question is if you if you are serious Correct. about finding your soulmate within Correct. this time. But if you're just going to casually date, right, and you yeah. just want to date, yeah. w- uh, would you be like, hey, you trying to get married? Or are you- yeah, because is, in my is book- Is a relevant question? Yeah, it's, but, but in my book, if you're not dating to marry, what are you dating for? Wait. If you're not dating no, to marry, what are you back. dating yeah. for? What if, some people just want to, you know, they, or they, some people well, don't Well, no, it's good. No, but right. no, I'm glad he said that because that's, so you're not ready to get married yet. Right. So if he's not ready to get married right now, do you think that would be a valid question to have on the first date with someone? It is valid. Okay. It yeah. is very valid because then you say, no, 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 no. I don't see myself married for the next two, three, four, five years. Okay. No, I'm looking for something different. That's, that's a fair question. Right. It is a fair question. Some people say, I don't want to get married ever. Ever. That's also a fair answer. But Correct. then it's like, see ya. Right. But then, okay. I, we always fight about this topic. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, it's a very, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he's not ready to get married right now. Right. I mean, maybe with the right person, but I'm, the, I'm very open to it. But don't you think that the there opinions can change? Because he's always like, oh, yeah, I want to get married you know, soon. Yeah. But then what if he finds someone that says, no, I don't want to get married. But yeah. then... The next person, they they do. They end up getting married because they change their mind. They change their circumstances. Oh, may I found the one that I that changed my mind. Well, let me go back to something very quickly mm-hmm. you said. The right Damn person. It. Right person. There's no such thing as the right person. There is no such thing as the right person. There's no such thing as finding the right person. So elaborate. There's only being the right person. Right? Because everyone is looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right. But no one wants to be Mr. or Mrs. Right. And yet everyone thinks that they are Mr. and Mrs. Right for somebody else. Right. Right. And so, again, this, I, I, I mean, we keep coming back to this, but it's so true. So when you are love, you are the right person. 
you are the right person. And so when you meet someone, really all you're trying to determine is whether or not they're the right person based on the degree to which they themselves personify love. And will receive it's, the it, love that you're going to. Everyone is willing to receive that unless something is wrong, right? Some people, quote-unquote, do not want to be loved, and it's true because they've been so battered and bruised psychologically. They don't know how to embrace it. But that, 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 that happens as well. So this idea of finding the right one is nonsense because here's what happens. Everyone that we settle on, that we say, okay, this was the right one, we always thought that was the right one because of what we had in our mind, mm. of what we had in our mind. So it's not finding mm. the right person, it's being yeah, the right okay. person very quickly, and then, and then we're going to move on. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, there is no such thing as a soulmate. I was going to ask you. If you there is no that. such thing as a soulmate. Right? So I did the math. I did the math based on the current population. If you were to find your soulmate, it would take you 539 years to find your soulmate. Cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 539 <laughs> years. And that's if you were to find your soulmate, what if they had to find you? Oh, boy. See, so, 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 and this is the error that we have. This, this is the problem with relationships because we're all looking for that quote unquote perfect person just for us. I'm not looking for the perfect person. I'm looking to be the perfect person. And it's, I, I have enough work on my own by myself to do, to be the perfect person. That's to try to, try to figure out and assess the degree to which someone else is the perfect or the right one, right? So very quickly, here's what we do. For me to match in, or for me to marry in, 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 in 18 months, in the first three months, even of that model, right, mm -hmm. which I say could be less, but even in that model, for the first three months, people are on their own, so to speak, to quote-unquote get to know each other. And you've had the experience. Within the first three, four months of having met someone, you know whether or not that's someone with whom you really would like to extend that relationship. So what I say is that when you get to that three or four month mark, right there and then is when you and that person should hire a relationship coach. And in that hiring of that relationship coach, a good coach over the next six months is really going to help you and that person understand yourselves first and foremost. And as you move through that experience and understanding yourselves, you would get a better understanding. Let me say this, you'll get to know the other person too. So here we are now, six to, I mean, nine to 10 months mm -hmm. in, okay? So, but after six months of coaching, and you, know, you and that person have experienced that, you know pretty much whether or not you want that relationship to go any farther, right? So if you decide at that point that the relationship should go farther, then for the next six months, you get premarital counseling. And in that premarital counseling of six months, what you do, that's where you and that person now begin to lay out the five-year plan of what that relationship is going to look like in the first five years. That's where, so for example, one of the things that I invite couples to do in that premarital counseling phase is to plan the first five years of their budget. Give me your, give me your five-year budget, all right? That's not an easy task. But guess what? I don't care about your budget. I care about what happens as a result of you planning that budget. What now comes out in terms of your thinking mm. about monies? 
And you do this with them together. Absolutely. Right. So you, you're forcing them. You're, you're pretty much giving them a problem. Absolutely. You're pushing them into an uncomfortable position. Absolutely. Show me, show, show me, and more so, show each other who you are when it comes to money. Because the top three reasons for separation and divorce, number one, finances. finances. Yeah. Number two, communication. And number three, sexual intimacy. And what we tend to focus on, unfortunately, in that whole getting to know each other uh, for three and four and five years before, before it ends in disaster, we tend to focus a lot on sexual intimacy. True the matter, true the matter is, the average sexual interlude is three to 13 minutes. And the question that I always ask is, what do you do with the next, next 23 hours and 17 minutes of your day? All right? Because the focus is in the wrong place. Now, here's what you're going to find to be true. To the degree that you've learned how to create and nurture good, healthy relationship, the sex is going to be passionate for a long time to come. It's not the other way around. Yeah, people think that sparks up front right now. We got to go, go, go. This is where it's the most passion. No. But you, you building over time is only going to amplify and intensify the that passion of the relationship. That is correct. Which will translate into... into that is correct. Intimacy. Because physiologically, you're going to change as you age, mm. right? You get to be 60 as I am. Okay, you know, it'll stand at attention on certain demands, but for a shorter period of time. <laughs> right, until you go and get some chemical help or something. <laughs> oh, right? we got we got a guy. We got the, the love Miami love doctor. He's got he got you. Oh, oh, oh of course, of course. I saw that's so very quickly. Let me wrap up with this. So yeah. so so you get through you get through that first three, four months, you know each other, whatever that means, and then you go into relationship coaching and you go into six months of a premarital counseling. Only after only Stay with me here, because you must have the guts to get this. Only after you have decided to marry do you then have a one- or two-month engagement period. One or two months. Contrary to usually one. Contrary to one. Because yeah. if you're going to be engaged, when you and I get engaged to go somewhere, we usually get there in the... <laughs> we say, we're going somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Why yeah. is it that engagements tend to go on and on and on? We use it as a means of getting to know people. This is nonsense. This is nonsense, I mean, right? I feel like you should, you should already have that. Absolutely. So, 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 so you do the difficult work up front, right? Really build relationship, get to know each other, plan out your finances and plan out your family. And once you are on the page together... After 12 months of serious counseling and coaching, you say, you know what? We're ready to do this. Now, as a courtesy to our family, we will say to them, we're getting married on this day in this place at this time. You're more than welcome to meet us there, but if not, we're going to be there anyway. That's the engagement. Mm. That's the engagement. We've done this all wrong. <laughs> yeah. It sounds Am I making any sense yeah. to you? Yeah, no, I, no, no, I get you. Um, I mean, much i could say to that but obviously we're running out of time of course um sounds like we're gonna need a part two I, with you doctor i was thinking that too sounds we're gonna need to get back because uh so much i want to talk to about that but that being said thank you so much for having doctor me. closing remarks we usually allow you being on the show yeah yes so you can speak to them you can speak to us camera's gonna get you anyways closing remarks final thoughts that way we can wrap it up and and pretty much just the last message that you'd want to give to people or just Absolutely. anything at all Absolutely. Or is yours, us, camera? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Not just for the invitation to be here, but more importantly, for the work that you're doing. 
for the work that you are doing. I'm going to say this with, with any intent of offending you. I don't think you will be offended. You don't even know what you're doing in terms of the impact that you're having in people's lives. People have questions about relationships all the time. And they're looking for answers. Unfortunately, people are looking for answers in all of the wrong places. And I hope given the work that you're doing, particularly as you focus on getting experts in these areas, with the exception of five love languages. But anyway, but Jamal, thank you so much for what you are doing. And for those of you who, if this was helpful, meaningful in any way, Get in touch with these guys, follow them, continue to support them. And if you would like to reach out to me so you can get, uh, you can reach me with an email, info at helpfulhasty, H-E-A-S-T-I-E dot com. Info at helpfulhasty dot com. I will respond to you. We can talk about how to meet someone or if you're in a relationship with someone, how to nurture that relationship in a very healthy way from meet to marry. To you. Again, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Doctor. Hasty. I love you. <laughs> pleasure. Because I am love. I like love that. Love you guys. Well, All right. And, and, and we should also say very quickly, because, I mean, we would be remiss if we don't, right? So thank you, Manuela. Uh, oh, who, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, who, Manuela and Glutes We Trust. It was oh, because of, because yes. of her, yeah. Yes. Right. She's the one that hooked it up. Yes. Awesome. Shout out thank to you. you. Yes. We trust. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're gonna, we got to be quick here. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for watching. Again, uh, Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, Twitter, I don't know where I'm Facebook. at right now. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us there. You can watch all our content. If you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, or Amazon, awesome. You can watch us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, ring that notification bell, and leave a comment down below. Reach out to us for whatever uh, you want, whether it's uh, comments, questions, whatever it is. Doctor, put his email in the, in the description. We got the doctor here. We're going to leave here. all his information as well. And you heard it here first. Thank you very much, doctor. Thank Can't you. say anything. Yeah, thank you pleasure. so much. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, guys. Later, everybody. <laughs>